What's going on, everybody? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this, well, this is the B Show. Back at it again. I'm your host, Corey Smith, in the Diamond Studio. Uh, joined to me, joined with me today, is my co-host, joined via Skype, Michael Vergara. Hey, hey, it's me, Michael. Michael, my co-host, Michael. How are you today, Very sir? Catchy. Yeah, it's a it's a brisk Thursday night. We this is later, coming up later than usual. It's actually kind of relaxing. Gives it a whole. Sunday night radio vibe, uh, which, city, which is something we always want to do. City Wrestling Radio After Dark, where we talk yeah. about the most we risky. Don't dark. We don't talk about dark. We talk about dynamite. But, we'll talk about know. Dark Side of the Ring. That's for sure. Oh, yes. Uh, did you watch? You watched it because I, oh, I did. I definitely watched it. Um, so we'll get into all that Dark Side of the Ring. But we're here mainly to talk about. Uh, then we'll get into AEW Dynamite and NXT because they both happened last night. Despite the uh, lack of uh, fans in attendance, you know, and rules set forth, uh, they both had sh- yeah. Before, no, yeah, you know. they both it's, had it's shows pre-taped. Situation. It's an ongoing situation, but guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR four one five Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's the best way to stay up to date with City Wrestling Radio and uh, all of our cool stuff we post on. Like I said, all three of those platforms. Uh, also follow us on our at our home. Our, our home away from home. So when we're not in the Diamond Studio, you can find us at SoundCloud.com slash City Wrestling Radio. Or, you know, Apple, Google, Stitcher. Do whatever, do whatever the hell you want. Uh, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, take a second and say, hey, you Listen. know what? These guys are cool. And I want to support local wrestling podcasters. Whether you're listening. Because we're all local wherever you are. <laughs> Everybody has one down the corner from the street where they live. A wrestling podcast. You know, you gotta. You see, honestly, with the bre- with the girth, the dearth, whatever you call it, the largest girth in the earth. Yes, is a wrestling podcast. Yeah, because they have we have gotten girthy. Nonetheless, is... nonetheless. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, nothing. Were you gonna say something about girth? No, I was gonna say something about news, or I don't know how we're structuring this. Oh show. yeah, yeah, we got some news today to talk to. Cool. Uh, uh, a couple items. Uh, let's get into it. Um, I think our first item in our news is kind of uh, the most recent piece of news that I just kind of saw right when I got into the Diamond Studio this evening. Uh, As to be expected, next month's Money in the Bank pay-per-view will not be taking place at the originally scheduled venue, the Royal Arm Farms Arena in Baltimore, Maryland, confirmed today that due to coronavirus, uh, they won't be hosting Money in the Bank uh, that was originally scheduled for May 10th in Baltimore. Uh, refunds available uh, at all points of purchase. So, uh, like I said earlier this week, you know, we were talking about this on the Mania post show where they were hyping up Money in the Bank. You know, and uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a yeah, bummer. They were, never really, they were never really explicit of where it was going to take place. No, they said um, Baltimore. Really? Yeah, they said. I remember saying Baltimore on the on the commercial. Graphic. Yeah. Um, I mean, who could have possibly seen this coming? Like this, it was just kind of a uh, foregone conclusion at this point with the the amount of cancellations going on. Like, hey, hell, if you can't ha- hold a basketball game anywhere, what makes you think a fucking Money in the Bank pay per view is going to take somewhere in Baltimore, Maryland? Like, maybe they were just thinking Maryland was going to be a bit laxed on the whole Corona. Like, their situation would probably be a little bit different. But no, it's it's still it's still a gathering of thousands upon thousands of people in one like it's it was never going to happen 
Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. When I, when I saw the graphic for this, I was kind of like, wow, this is going to happen. Oh, okay. Weird, but okay. And usually there's more pay-per-views in between Money in the Bank and WrestleMania. Usually, usually um, Money in the Bank, I think, is like in June. Usually is. It's the, it's the summer special. But uh, yeah, um, having Money in the I think it's... It's really interesting to have um, have a Money in the Bank post WrestleMania. In fact, I think that's kind of a really bit of a cool idea for like any anybody who's like willing to get any momentum post Mania. Yeah, um, that would like that's it's a I would consider that a fairly solid way to set up programs post Mania. As as I said before, like you would you kind of just have have your uh, your deck stacked. Yeah, as they say. Yeah. Um, no, I have a. What? Oh yeah, no, go on. News I can just probably yeah. say right here. Um, you ever heard of the UFC? Uh, the underpaid championship. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just gonna stop you dead in your tracks. So, um, UFC 249, the famed. Uh, one might say it's a cursed card. It was originally gonna schedule Tony oh. Ferguson. Nurmaga Madov. What was that noise? Was, this, was that you yawning? No, I was trying to do a ghost noise, but oh it, no, it didn't come off. Um, that great. But uh, as you may have heard before, or have heard rumblings upon that, well, uh, one half of that uh, of those of this fight uh, with Khabib Magomedov has pulled out, considering because he is in Russia, he came in, they won't let him out. Well. <laughs> 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 COVID-19 problem. Thing. Yeah. Now, they were originally going to have a, a replacement fight with Tony Ferguson and versus yeah. Justin Ichi. This was... But then this... UFC 249 is canceled. I'll just uh, read it off MMAfighting.com. It says, UFC 249 has been canceled, and all upcoming UFC events have been postponed indefinitely. The standing reversal comes just days after UFC President Dana White confirmed plans to move forward with events starting with the card planned on April 18th. The UFC Decided to postpone all of its upcoming shows with no timeline for when the promotion will turn to action. So originally, this uh, this um, this pay per view was going to take place in a Native American reservation land, right? Uh, the planet Lamore, Fresno, California, and now Gavin Newsom, uh, former San Francisco mayor, Gavin said, Newsom. Uh, uh. Yeah, he pretty much just called the higher ups in Disney and said, "Hey." Uh, Guys, ESPN, UFC, you guys have a relationship. Yeah, can you can you not please nip that? So they did. I mean, is that what nip- happened, or or you just? That's this- exactly what happened. Actually, Governor Gavin Newsom, according to Dave Meltzer, I don't have the. That's how I read. That's where I read it from. Okay. That's where I read all my news from. Um, yeah, pretty much said, "Hey, can you postpone this?" And then Dana White's like, "No." All right. So pretty much like Gavin Newsom, phoned in on probably. Bob Iger, I don't know, whoever runs Disney, and just pretty much just said, hey, uh, UFC, you have a relationship with UFC, right? They're trying to hold an event in California, Tachi Palace, Tachi Place, or whatever it's called, and like they said, yeah, and it's like, can you guys stop that? And so that's just pretty much what happened. But uh, Dana White is reportedly still insistent on Fight Island, which has, you know, have you heard of Fight Island? Uh, I've heard rumblings. Uh, I don't know where to get tickets to go to Fight Island. Uh, no one's getting tickets to Fight Island. Is it like only... is it like the beach that Mortal Kombat was filmed on? Oh, of course. That's okay. a, that is the, exactly the main comparison that everybody's comparing this okay, to. It's cool. just a it's just an island run by a fucking bald headed oligarch. 
Shao Kahn. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that'll that be just giving Dana White just too much credit. It would just feed his Your ego even soul more. is mine. Um, and so what he's about to do is that he's insistent of just cranking out a bunch of fights in said island where he's, he's just going to have a private plane and then he's just going to transport all these fighters that are scheduled to fight. They're all just going to fight within just the upcoming weeks just moving forward. And they insist that's going to be happening and he insists that's going to happen on ESPN, which I... If ESPN isn't willing to air 249, I I don't see any reason why yeah. they would still go forward with Fight Island fights. Yeah, um, it's 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 a competition between Dana White and Vince, and between who the who can be the carniest and the carniest. Well, I mean, let's, let's not forget, you know, AEW is still putting on shows too. You know, yeah, I mean, but they're done. Like they tried. Like I know. They, yeah, I know. They, I have a feeling. They, I mean, yeah, you have a point there. I, I think we've said it ourselves. Like AEW still doesn't get enough, yeah, uh, flack sometimes yeah. because they're not really positioned as the. They're not, yeah, yeah. Really they're the point. good wrestling company. Uh huh. Quote unquote. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's, that's definitely a thing. I guess. That's that's a thing. So. Anyway, that's that's MMA for you right now. It's just it's it's kind of a shit show. Thank you, Michael, coming from the MMA corner of City Wrestling Radio. But it's really interesting to see, like, hey, if he, like this, ultimately this was the decision from their broadcasters. What, what's stopping Fox from feeling that pressure? Yeah, saying like, hey, um, WWE. they're still airing stuff in SmackDown. But uh, you got anything to say in regards to their schedule as far as? Shows are concerned. Then they cancel some show. They canceled their WWE SmackDown European tour. Uh, that goes without saying, probably. I mean, no, I think I. But just... they're taking in bulk this weekend. That's what I was transitioning to. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they're they're filming a bunch of. The, but it, it, they're saying that SmackDown's going to be live though. Yeah, they're probably going to start with that just to get that out of the way, and then just keep on going. Keep on pumping them out. Yeah, keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. Um, what, what I was talking about was the WWE postpones the UK SmackDown tour, cancels NXT UK tapings, uh, of course, because of the pandemic. A um, bunch of shows were moved. Uh, the May tour was primarily pushed back uh, to October of 2020, but one show at the end was actually moved back a whole year uh, in Newcastle, going going to be held on April 30th, 2021. So that sucks. I mean, <laughs> you're really looking forward to that show, weren't you? <laughs> you know that Newcastle show is something I look forward to every was, year. It's going to be part of the part of the B show. We send our we send our buddy Chris Cage to the show, and he was he gives us a full report. And by send him to the show, I, I ask him to go on his own uh, dollar, and um, he just tells me what happens, and I say thank you, and he says you're welcome. Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, that's all. That's a bummer. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, this whole, you know, I guess some matches I'm starting to get a little bit more into with no fans, but God, there was a clip this week on NXT where there was fans from like NXT UK. And I was like, Oh, I didn't even see this match before. So it was like new and fresh. And I was like, this is like so awesome right here. I forgot how good it was just seeing anybody just, just reacting at ringside. Man, I was, for some reason, my parents were watching The Ten Commandments the other day and talk about a movie where they fit a ton of people into one frame. It's kind of crazy. It's just Moses and all those <laughs> three Jews 
it's uh, it was quite a scene. Yeah. I, I, and then I went up to my parents. and was like, ah, remember that? Remember when times when people could just gather in large groups? Jesus. And just yeah. be with each other? Yeah, there was yeah. a picture. Somebody um, on Google. God, now we're just getting into all coronavirus stuff. <laughs> Uh, but no, well, it's the talk of the talk of the town. I was in Golden Gate Park today, thinking, "Oh, no one's going to be there," and apparently there was a ton of people there. Oh, yeah. Like you know the 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 De Young, yeah. the the De Young Museum or the Academy of uh, Sciences. You know what the D there stands was a, for, a, huh? So you know what that D stands for? Yeah, sure. Um, the that Ferris wheel. There was a huge. They built. They constructed a gigantic Ferris wheel for the 150th anniversary of Golden Gate Park. It's just there now. It's just oh. standing there, not being like used or something. Because it was originally going to be for that celebration, but you know, with this whole Corona foolishness going on, it's uh, yeah, it's just there. We're not doing anything with it. I'm wondering if they just let it stay there. I wish they do. Man, that'd be freaking cool. Yeah, and uh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, too many people in Golden Gate Park. If you're listening and you went to Golden Gate Park, that's not me. Uh, <laughs> that's not you me. Be, you should be ashamed. Be ashamed. Because should I ask to do a live video with Joey Janela right now? Uh, no, okay. because we got a podcast to do. Oh, Wait. he can be a part of the podcast. Is no. he here? Is he there? You can talk to him right now. He, all these wrestlers have been doing like live videos with people. Like, it's, on, it's fine. And they, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Nonetheless, our last piece of news today, WWE announced that the interim cruiserweight title tournament will begin in NXT next Wednesday because it was announced online or I'm sorry, on your favorite show, The Bump, uh, William Regal. Uh, It will be a tournament to crown the interim champion because Jordan Devlin cannot compete with the rest of the competitors in America. So they explain why or just he just can't? What? Did they just flat out explain that because of because of COVID, or they just straight up just said he just can't? Uh, well, travel restrictions. He's stuck. Okay. You know, uh-huh. he's an, he's an Irish citizen, and and uh-huh. you know this. They're not stripping him of the title. They're creating an interim champion. Interim. Yeah. They're 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 taking play out of you the MMA book. Yeah, exactly. They're you they, know completely carny and also doing the interim titles. So I guess there's going to be a tournament starting next week. We will see who will compete in it. Jordan Devlin tweeted after the announcement. He says, first things first, absolutely shocking and disrespectful decision by WWE management. Secondly, you could crown a fraud champion and give him a little replica of my title. But everyone around the world knows the real NXT cruiserweight champion still is. That was a pretty good Irish accent, actually. I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, Jordan Devlin. Uh, uh, sorry, buddy. Friend of the show, Jordan Devlin. Great, great, great friend of the show. Yeah. I forgot about that. Anyways, let's talk uh, Dark Side of the Ring. You watch the show? Yeah. Yeah, what? that was uh, – it's – you know, it's it's a bit of a lighter subject. You know, there's some lev- – there's, like I, the last episode had New Jack. That was also had its own version of levity even though – it was uh, yeah, we it was get, still we, quite something. We didn't get to talk about that, but yeah, that was crazy. That was fucking crazy. Yeah, but, but it's the Brawl for All. Do you remember the Brawl for All? I do remember the Brawl for All. What uh, was your number? Because this was this was before my time. I was still I'm, I was still too young to. I remember the Brawl for All. I started watching, and you know, honestly, when it came on, I turned the channel because I was like, "This is boring." Went over to Nitro. Yeah, exactly. I flipped a nitro yeah. at that point because it just it to me like I was like what is this? There's no storyline, you know. They're actually and it's kind of why I don't watch UFC. 
Um, you know, there, yeah, right. there's no theatrics to it. And I think a big part of wrestling for me is the theatrics. So, uh, I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Well, when the brawl for all happened, uh, I, you know, I'd watch it here and there. Uh, but when I rewatched some of it now, I was kind of like, oh, they, they were cheering loudly for this match. They were, they were on fire for this match. Wow. I got to say to you right now, Corey, yeah. um, those brawl for all fights, uh, UFC fights, they were not. And I'm just, I'll put that like, well, you know what I mean? Like they were, they were shoot fights or whatever, whatever, however you want to put it, you know, it would yeah. wrestling. I mean, I, I'm not going to turn this into a MMA versus wrestling pod, uh, segment, but, uh, yeah. Well, so even MMA is, fighters, but those fights going on in the brawl for all were, I mean, let's face it, like as, as it was presented dark side of the ring, like these guys were just, you know, ballroom brawl, amateur boxers, just, you know, all talk. Yeah. And, not really form trained individuals. I, I guess uh, one of the original ideas was to have Ken Shamrock win the tournament, or um, but nobody wanted to do it. Um, so they got a bunch of people involved. You know, they asked around because of, what was it ten thousand dollars you would win per match, and then seventy five after winning the whole tournament. Well, according to the creator of said brawl for all, a hey, bro, Russo, how you doing? Um, he, Pretty much created that and just he created it out of spite for one John Bradshaw Layfield. He won. He created that entire tournament just for him to get his ass kicked. That and to make Doctor Death Steve Williams the next program for Austin. Which I don't know how how I'd feel about that. See, here's my speculation on that whole thing of the whole trying to push Steve Williams. That's the whole story we've heard over the years is that the WWE wanted to push Steve Williams as the winner of this. Is that I legit people who were working there at the time as well? You know, I I um I legit think WWE thought that Steve Williams was going to win, and they were just setting it up like, you know what, this Vince Russo came back here and he made this he made this match, he made this tournament, he pitched it, Vince liked it to do this, even though Vince Russo didn't know he was going to do this, and it didn't work out for Vince McMahon's plan. Well, the thing is, like they they had they believed they um they believed they had every right to believe that Doctor Death Steve Williams was the person to win this because it was designed for him. Like he was, like out of everybody in that entire uh in that entire tournament, he was the most qualified. You know, he's a butt kicker. Most qualified him and him and Dan Severn. Yeah, well, like, I don't know why Dan Severn was there as well. Dan Severn yeah. uh, pulled out of the tournament after the first round after actually beating the Godfather in the first round. Oh yeah, because he thought it was stupid. Uh, like this is bad. <laughs> he goes, "This is gonna fuck up my reputation, man." And, and uh, well, you know, a big part of that I think is that there was speculation that you know could Steve Williams beat Dan Severin, you know? So I want. Yeah, he was maintaining a UFC schedule in conjunction with the WWF at that time, and that's and, what, yeah. And had he lost a brawl for all, that would have on it like that could have risked his uh his income, his secondary income with the UFC. Like yeah. he had every right to just pull out with that. Yeah. Thing. And uh, I would be, we would be remiss to bring up the the real unsung hero who just, who really just, who's just portrayed as like this, uh, this everyman hero, and that is one, the winner of the tournament, Bart Gunn. Oh. I thought he came across as some, like an absolute badass in this, uh, in this documentary. Yeah. Like you, I really, really, it really makes you want to like. It really makes you like this guy because yeah. like, here's a guy whose career is just more or less floundering. 
because he they they broke up the smoking guns which was a tag team between him and billy gunn and he sort of just wanted to show his worth and the fact that and then everybody was just like resenting like like no matter what everybody just resented his success every which way he like he won he won another round oh good for you bart you know that he won another one oh good for you bart and then they just (laughs) nobody thought you bart yeah and nobody thought and that whole steve williams story like man this like he's it was he's great but then I you also have to pull it pull a little bit back a little bit. Do you really want a program between him and Stone Cold Steve Austin? Well, no. I mean, like that's the there's a reason why. And I mean, I I can't sit there and and really, you know, I I don't I barely remember Bart Gunn. I I you know what I mean. I remember the Brawl for right. tournament, but I, I barely that's, remember Bart Gunn. I remember he was a part of the. Sm- What's up? That's what he's most remembered for the Brawl for All and the butterbean match yeah exactly and uh and you know darren drozdoff i you know jesus christ he was came he came off very likable too in this documentary he's in a wheelchair he even makes a joke he goes oh i was kicking oh wait i can't kick you know (laughs) i'm in a wheelchair and i was just like i mean that's that's just you know that that is the definitely the language of a man who has been like that for 20 years now yeah you know like that's that's a good amount of his life has been confined to that wheelchair. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, they, they went over the incident with him and D'Lo Brown, how he got paralyzed yeah. and, and, uh, they have been, you know, how much they hold, he held no ill will towards another. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a very uh, highly recommended. I, I highly recommend this documentary mostly just cause of the whole, even Butterbean. Gun. It's weird. It, I was not ready to see the state of Butterbean in 2020. Like, <laughs> I was good. Saying, like, I mean, he's in a cane. Yeah. I mean, from, I mean, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. That's all I'm going to, yeah. It was a long time ago. Um, I mean, he seems, he seems to be in good spirits. What do you think? Did of- not get that, uh, did, did not anticipate that goatee of his. <laughs> that was, yeah. what do you think of, uh, the Godfather smoking dope before all these shows? I'm not surprised, honestly. I mean, it really shows how much they drug tested back then. I mean, if you were walking around smoking weed all the time. Of course. Of course. So, so I wonder, even to today's standards, who's smoking weed and who's not, you know? And, of course, let's not forget the ever-loving, the ever-fiery, breathing hatred that is Jim Cornette <laughs> towards Vince Russo. They, it, th- this and the Oh, Montreal I told them I'd kill him. I told I told him I would kill I would strangle his throat and have Listen, sex with his face. It's wrestling. You you try to threaten my family and my livelihood and it's just wrestling, Jim. I know it's just wrestling. That's my life too. Oh, that's a bad Jim Cornette. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah, Dark Side of the Ring. It's the next week's episode. It's going to be uh Jimmy Snuka and oh, that stuff. That's going to be dark. Side of the Ring. So I wonder at that point, you know, with that coming out, I wonder, and Tamina's been kind of prominent lately. I wonder how that'll come Tamina. So, so this week's episode, thumbs up. You liked it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was very entertaining. Like I know they had to spice things up a little bit. There was a little bit of a, they had, they, they really had to spice things up a little bit. Sensationalism. Yeah, a little bit, but then this is television, and you're also presenting this to an audience who normally don't really watch wrestling or 
hasn't been watching it for a very long time. I kind of feel bad for Russo in some ways, man. I don't know. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like everyone. Watch, said, some of the, well, well, <laughs> watch 2017 TNA and get, get back to me on that. All right, bro. I'll go look at it. I'll let you know what you think. I'm going to book a reverse Royal Rumble where the reverse battle Royal. Okay. Anyways. Well, yeah, that's, that was dark side of the ring on Viceland or YouTube, depending on where you are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Okay. Guys, if you like what you're listening to, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR4 and by Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check us out each week at SoundCloud.com slash City Wrestling Radio for The B Show, where me and Michael Vergara talk about NXT and AEW Dynamite. That's SoundCloud.com slash City Wrestling Radio. And we're back. Um, oh, man. What a, how, about, how about that commercial we just uh, hawked? You know. I don't know what we were doing. Anyways, uh, I mean, you know, it's a mid-show commercial. Nonetheless, okay. let's start talking about um, let's start talking about wrestling Dynamite. last night. Okay, AEW yeah. Dynamite. Yeah, the it was an undisclosed location again, the same as last week. It's GTO Marshall Jim. Um, Dynamite. It starts off with a Jake promo. Asks. Well, it starts off with Jake Darkroom promo, which I'm have no doubt in my mind that he is just in that room. The entirety of the quarantine. Yeah. Just, hey, Jake, just cut a promo of this, cut a promo of that. Which uh, apparently he's been kind of. He, according to tw- he tweeted recently that he's been sort of struggling to uh, you know maintain his sanity inside the hotel oh, that's, room. That's exactly what I was just thinking right now. Is that like you know being someone that um, I know deals with sobriety, you know being locked in a place for no matter how many days just by yourself, you're going to be confronting demons. You know, yeah. So well, apparently, yeah. Cause apparently, like DDP, he straight up just told that um, I read this somewhere. I, f- I seem to forget the source. Forgive yeah. me. Uh, he just pretty much said like, "Hey, bro, uh, if you go out there, you can't come back." Because he he recently had a kid, or he's around a kid. Yeah. I I don't know situation, but yeah, that's 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 what's going on. Uh, hope you feel better, Jake, wherever you are. He asks if we would jump out of an airplane without a parachute or stare into the eye of Lance Archer in the ring. He no. says it's pretty much the same thing. Same thing. Huh. Um, calls Marco Stun an idiot, and that brings us to our first match, which is a Lance Archer squash. Uh, Gun and Son, Jimmy Havoc, newly signed Anna J and Preston Vance. I don't know if Preston Vance is signed, but Anna J is reportedly signed with All Elite Wrestling. Nice. Congratulations. She wrestled that match against Sheeta. It was pretty good. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a Lance Archer squash. Commentator Chris Jericho is on the call. He's on fire. And well, I, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna straight say it. Like he was the star of this show. Uh, Jose Osegueda. He rec- he couldn't make it into the show tonight, but he made sure that he got his say in saying. Just mentioned that Jericho is my all-time fave as of him signing to AEW. So you got a fan in Jose. Jericho. You got a fan in him. But yeah, uh, so they call so Lance Archer, he does this move called the Blackout. It's pretty much the, the Everybody Dies move. Yeah. Which I kinda like that name better. And he does it to the jobber, pin win. You know, Another I really point. enjoy how he has his original theme song or still has his New Japan theme song. Probably owns it. 
Yeah, so that's good. I like that. So that's a yeah. Coming up next, we got Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker. Uh, according to Tony, Shida has won seven out of her eight matches. Uh, Jericho struggles to find the phrase "educated feet." He explains Britt Baker's heel turn in comparison to his own when he was shaking hands and kissing babies. It was only when he was kissing hands and shaking babies that's when he took off. Which uh-huh. you're going to hear a lot this, of Jericho this whole match. Jokes. This whole match, he was he was really funny. I think there was even one point where he. Uh, uh, somebody tried to hit a Mishinoku driver, and he goes, "That's a Tiger driver. I mean, Mishinoku driver, 2020." Yeah, like you could tell. Like there were definitely times when he was just super stuttering and just being very hysterical. But I thought that that was just that just that worked for him. Yeah, you know? and he's putting people uh, over, you know, saying things like, you know, oh, Cody's a bastard, but he's a great competitor in the ring. Yeah, uh, it's pretty much all building heat on heat on Sheeta. Baker goes to the camera, in which Jericho references Jackie Crockett, tells Tony to say that Baker owns the women's division, but is tacked from behind. Sheeta does a running knee to Baker, who's held down by Pineapple Pete and crew. Um, it's, I forgot his name, but it's Pineapple Pete now. Like it's not that's not actually his name. That's just what Jericho was just calling him. Who? And as of right now, uh, Pineapple Pete. I for, that's not really his name. Who's that? The the dudes the um the dudes who were holding down like remember there were spots where they were holding out opponents so faces can beat beat on them. You don't uh, remember this? No. Okay, whatever. Okay. Anyways. Uh, Omoplata from Sheeta to Baker, but she reaches the ropes. Jericho points out Sheeta's foot gear and thinks that explains the educated feet. Uh, Baker attempts the mandible claw. Sheeta gets out of it. Striking exchange. Yays and boos and all. Baker's nose bleeds <laughs> and the blood is all over Sheeta. There's a pandemic going on. People, come on now. Um, I don't blame him. Uh, Baker attempts the mandible claw, but asks for Paul Turner's glove. Sheeta attempts a pin, kicks out. Tony drops a kiss demon reference. Blood is flowing like crazy at this point for Brit. Like it, it, it yeah. got all over Sheeta. It was pretty nasty. It was everywhere. Uh, yeah, Sheeta drops Baker to the top of the turnbuckle and a running knee strike for the pin and win. I thought this match got real slow in the beginning, got pretty good in the middle, then Britt bled, and then got sloppy. But overall, I thought it was uh, it was actually a really good match. Um, one of Britt Baker's best. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was a good match back and forth, and then that just that image of Britt Baker with the blood running down her face looked pretty pretty cool. It looked cool. Like some might say her Austin WrestleMania 13 moment, but uh, yeah. who am I to say? <laughs> no, it's not. Or her <laughs> Becky Lynch moment. Sure. Why not? Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa are in some trailer. Michael Nakazawa suggests their team to be named Best Friends. Kenny Omega is reluctant, and then one by one, each member of the Best Friends overhear their convo. Orange Cassidy enters for the from the bathroom for some reason. Well, hold on. Uh, the, the, he Michael Nakazawa has a very valid point: is that they actually are best friends, and well, that well, can, what, but what you don't think Trent, Trent and Chucky e. T aren't? Well, you to say you know there there's gonna be think? there's gonna be a battle of the best friends later, you know, for the name. And that's exactly what it is. They get mad and put the name on the line for the tag match later tonight. Uh, and the segment Kenny says he's getting too old for this shit. Well, this, it was a very DDT Pro uh, thing they had going on. I, did it happen right after this? I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself. Nope, you are getting very much ahead of yourself. Okay, I'll stop. Because we, because we got a rankings report here from Excalibur. Hello, everybody. I'm Excalibur here for your rankings report. Can you like, can you like, you know, like sing like a hip hop beat? Like, don't just do that. 
All right, we're going to go run down the tag team division. We got Trent and Chucky T, yeah. best friends, at number five. And Death Triangle, uh, it's Phoenix and Pentagon, Sarah with the Death Triangle, SCU. You sound more and- like um, an airline attendant. Or like a, like a, <laughs> exactly. it's gonna it's gonna be seventy nine degrees uh, when we land. We are about to run down the women's rankings. Top five: uh, Rico standing at number five. Uh, Britt Baker just having a match with Hikaru Shida. And at number four, number three, Yuka Sakazaki. Number two, Chris Statlander. And number one, our number one contender, Hikaru Shida. And let's get the men's side. Hey, hey. Darby Allen, Kenny Omega, Cody, Jericho, and at 4 0, Jake Hager. Next week, AEW for title. I really love this segment. It was cool. It was all right. It was it was different. It was sports like, so that was cool. It really put over it's it was really simple. It was a minute long and it got over that rankings. And it was a very clear and succinct succinct way of just knowing the landscape of your of your comp of the of AEW. Yeah. I do this every week and they probably will. Yeah. I and hope I, so. And and I want and I want all and I want it to be Excalibur as well because uh ladies and gentlemen, that was really cool. Yeah. All right. And then coming up next, another video package. There was a lot of these during these shows. A video package for the No Holds Bar No Holds Bar title match between John Moxley and Jake Hager. This gets the Liev Schreiber narration treatment that they do usually do for pay per views. Yeah. Uh, we interview with Catalina Hager. Hager. Uh, they're both training out of their homes. I think Hager has been in the fight camp since February. Wishes he was at peer. I wish he was at promo camp since forever. Yeah, I mean, opinion. this is a good video package. Yeah, it was a good video package, but I just thought Jake Hager's line delivery every time he spoke was just utter garbage. I want to win that title, okay? I'm Jake Hager. And and his face was completely still. Like, his body language was just trash. Uh, But all in all, I thought this was pretty good as far as videos like this. I don't know. It's Hager, Moxley, next week. Next week! Yeah. Uh, yeah, then we get a Cody versus Sean Spears video, uh, one and two, because they're they are the main event of tonight, and then that leads us over to Best Friends versus Kenny Omega and It's the Best Friends tag name. Sean Spears is scouting Nakazawa's attack prospect, tells him to put the oil away because he wants as a tag team. Maybe Trent and Nak chop each other. Nak breaks out the oil and makes the chops weaker. Uh, Omega Nakazawa do the miniskirt police spot, the 69 spot with Chuck. Comedy sports, uh, comedy spots galore. Pretty much a DDT house show, like you yeah. mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. And Nak gives Trent, which Tony Schiavone in 2020 says calls it the hentai slide. And I just thought to myself, it's 2020. I'm watching wrestling on TNT, and Tony Schiavone just said the word hentai out loud. Real good. Yeah. Well, you know what's okay. funny? Did you see there was a video online this week of Tony Schiavone in his house watching hentai? No, <laughs> no. He is just like showing off all his like Batman things he has hung up. But it's funny how much of a nerd he he just looked like a nerd because he was just like in his pajama pants and a hoodie, and it was. I'm like, oh, you look exactly like me at 7 a.m. in the no. morning. He looks like everybody right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he looks like the everyman. I'm like, oh, I love you, Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twin Topes, uh, a.k.a., according to Chris Jericho, house show dives from Best Friends. I thought that was a really funny line. Orange Cassidy wants to get the people what they want with the with the hugs, but Nock and Omega try to do it, and Orange dodges it. 
like very just wistfully like I don't want this. No. <laughs> Excuse me. He doesn't. Uh, Knox sprays orange with oil, takes his sunglasses. Little does he know, orange has another pair, and Sue dives, side dives to Omega to the outside. You in can't front of the ref, by the way. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, no, it's, uh, again, playoff rules. You can't escape into the backstab. You can't. You can't escape into the backstabber from Omega to Trent and Truck. Uh, Omega fires up, eats a power bomb from Chuck, but is rescued by Knock. Follow-away slam from Knack to a distressed Orange Cassidy. Knack then gets his jockstrap jo- jo- and straps it onto Trent's face. Uh, Jericho does a he's going to puke reference because. Uh, Beyond the Mats on Netflix. Go watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, it gets to Omega and spills to the outside. Uh, Knock kicks out of a pile driver, but the package pile driver finishes off. Knock for the pin and win, and Omega's clean record of the year and the right to be named best friends. Yeah. I think this is the first loss in Kenny Omega's. No, he had no. some loss. No, he he's lo- he lost no, a. He never lost a singles match this year and i think that's what excalibur said because he said because in the top five rankings of aw uh kenny he, he said kenny omega has not lost a singles match in 2020 okay. i don't know if it's to, uh, tag matches count because no tag matches know. are separate yeah yeah, yeah. separate uh, category but he is a, one half of the tag team champion so that doesn't make him look that great um so there was a fair bit of criticism oh, not criticism but then like this was pretty much a match that I want to say people weren't really into. What did you think of the match? I I didn't think much of the match. I th- it was a very comedy-based match. Like we said, it was a very DDT pro match. Um, if You know what, though? If you're going to put that on and people watch it and casual viewers like it, then that's awesome. If it keeps them coming back, that's even better. But if it's something that they just laugh at and they go, ha-ha, wrestling, and then they just turn think- off and don't watch it again... That's what's gonna suck. I think very, a match like this is very much dictated by a crowd. Yes. Um, if they did this in front of a crowd and it gets super over, then seriously, like, who are we to judge if it's bad or not at that point? Right. Because uh, I, I kind of feel like that's AEW in a nutshell. <laughs> um, but I thought this was a pretty entertaining match. I it's I like seeing I like it when I see Kenny Omega try to do different things because like that's this whole DDT style, this is where he came from. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah. really the style, like this is kind of his bread and butter sort of thing. And for him to yeah. just wrestle a different type of match in a certain week, I that really shows the versatility of, of Kenny Omega as a performer. Yeah. And for that alone, I respect it. As a match itself, it, it was pretty good. I, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Post-match, everybody hugs Orange Cassidy because God darn it, he deserves one. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Social distancing, not guys. Don't don't hug anybody right now. Yeah, no. I mean they just wrestled them. They might as well. Just... Unless you're with that person already. If you're quarantined, I guess if you're quarantined with that person, you can go close to him. It's fine. But uh, Brody Lee video. Uh, he approaches some masked goons. Uh, two of them dress like shit, while one of them dress better. They he dresses down the people. Uh, two of the people who are dressed down. Yeah. But then he approaches the guy, one person who's dressed good, and he says, "I have an opportunity for you." And then he just leaves, and that was Brody. I Wait. don't get it. I don't fucking get where this is going now. It's it's supposed to establish Brody Lee's character, not so much just him being 
a one 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 to one Vince, but Vince inspired. Like no, this is the dark much... the Dark Order. What is the Dark Order now? The Dark Order is just straight up a jobber squad. That's just like it's just comprised of jobbers who want to succeed in life. Like you see those vignettes where they say, "Do you want to succeed in life?" And the only way to succeed in life is to be subservient to the exalted one. And that's Brody Lee. And there, this video set out to establish that Brody Lee is Vince. <laughs> well, he wants to be called Mr. Brody now, right? Mr. Brody Lee. Yeah. 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 Again, it's it's stepping stones. It's good gotta, shit. It's good shit. He, I mean, he can't say that anymore because it would just come off as really, really hokey. I think, I think well, I think WWE <laughs> trademarked it now because they have a t-shirt now that's on their shop that says it's good shit. It's not cool anymore. Yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> it's, it's like when your it's like when your dad starts listening to the hip hop songs and you're like, ah, never mind. Uh, uh, we got a bloody Brit, bloody Brit Baker, bloody promo. Brit Baker promo. What she say? She said she lost half her blood, but Sheeta should be thankful she didn't touch her teeth. But she can fix it herself. I don't know why it was never explained. <laughs> no, no. She goes. She goes. Yeah. She better not. Person. Better not have touched my teeth. No. Wait a minute. She can touch my teeth. Touch my teeth because I could fix them myself. Because so. she's a dentist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's more footage of Hager elbowing inflatable tube men. I Still fight tube men. It's fine. My wife won't let me come home unless I win. Yeah, that's the one thing I forgot. Like Catalina <laughs> Hager, I think. She's probably going to be a mainstay for Hager. Like she, she had, she does a pretty good promo. Yeah. I thought she was kind of the star of this entire video. Honestly, we're a family. If you don't win, you don't go home. Come home. And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stay at the hotel room, honey, and I'm gonna order a takeout. I don't know why it's starting to sound like Dusty. I'm sorry, Dusty. Uh, another video, it's Matt Hardy. He recaps members of the circle that is each internal. Questions Sammy Guevara's Hispanic roots, calls proud and powerful, loud and devourable, and that he likes Puerto Rican food. <laughs> Which is great, uh, because I love Puerto Rican food. What is Puerto Rican food? Uh, you know? I, I think there's like empanadas or like plantains. It's it's, it's it's close to like, you know, like I think they use cumin food. as well. Okay. Yes, uh, Carl's Hager, a Frankenstein. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. Sure. He summons Vanguard One, who calls the shirt a dumpster fire, and then Hardy challenges Jericho to an elite deletion. Whatever that means. Uh, yeah. Well, we know what that means. This, this is probably going to lead to another cinematic wrestling match between Jericho and Matt Hardy. What say you? Uh, yeah, no, that's exactly what I think. It's going to happen. Um, but um, I have uh, Puerto Rican food. Puerto Rican cuisine has its roots in cooking traditions in practices of Europe, Africa, and native Tainos. Tanis? No. T yeah, sure. Okay. So, no, wait. It looks like there's like soups and oh, okay. Puerto uh, Rican food. fried food and beans and rice and plantains. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It all look and there's a bunch of fried stuff, so it all looks good. So I gotta say though, there's there's a bit of stakes involved with um with this uh with this with this uh elite deletion match per se between Jericho and Matt Hardy. Like I have no doubt in my mind they're gonna kill it, but 
that this is what we want out of competition for with each other you know yeah you know like one does this someone tries and then someone else is going to try to do it better i think the ball is in, is in aew's court to really show what they're made of in in regards to matches like this and with wwe like they have mo- like they have money to back up whatever they try to make and oh. it really and then now it's going to be really it's going to be really telling of what AEW is now going to be capable of in regards to matches like this and you know they've it's not like they haven't done stuff like this before with all these video vignettes i mean god we just saw a recap of that hager moxley thing like they got personnel to do it so i'm honestly this elite deletion match i would but then you'd also have to have the blood and guts match like would you There's would you do too many mixed storylines man because I feel like that's just been kind of swept under the rug. This blood, blood and guts needs to be saved for the for when there's fans back in the arena. Did you hear? Oh, uh, just a bit. Like, did you hear about the news that like MGM Grand they're delete they're deleting they're um, they're Delete. canceling they're canceling all events through May. So that's pretty much double or nothing uh, being nothing at that point. All out. Great. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, also, uh, uh, Rebby Rebby Hardy is Puerto Rican. So oh. all his children are Puerto Puerto Rican food. and Puerto Rican ladies, apparently. Okay. Good for him. Lee Johnson versus Lee Brody. Winner gets the name of Lee. <laughs> Wait, what? Lee tries to drop kick because it's Lee Brody. Cause Brody Lee. Oh, whatever, okay. man. Uh, Lee tries to drop kick Lee, but misses Lee kicks Lee with the big boot. Lee springboard sentons Lee deep six from Lee to Lee spring Lariat to Lee for the Lee. Lee wins. Lee, Keith Lee. Oh yeah, that's another Lee. God, really should have locked him down on that. Anyways, okay. yeah, Brody Lee, Lee an, another win okay. for him. So, yeah, Brody Lee, exalted one. Congratulations. Main event time: Cody with Brandy and that tattoo of his versus Sean Spears. Collar and elbows for all. Side headlock for some. Jericho doesn't like Aubrey Edwards for obvious reasons. Jericho calls Cody's tattoo artist drunk and screwed up. Which was kind I mean, of he's fun. got the he's got the it, it looks it, it it looks fine, yeah. but no, it's, it's, the artistry. It, it it looks like shit. We just gotten used to the it. The artistry really... looks fine, is what I'm saying. Uh, the position uh, of it looks like shit. Um, another thing that Jericho says is that he uh, is that Cody is an accomplished amateur wrestler all throughout high school and college. Fun fact: Cody never went to college. <laughs> um, uh, cutter from Cody Cody misses a moonsault Jericho says Spears was playing possum and then comments how he found a possum one time and it scared the crap out of him uh, Spears fucking Jericho great out, suplexes Cody oh, what was that I said he's fucking great yeah uh, Bit of Spears gets a barricade out suplexes Cody into it uh, bending the bars bit of blood in Spears mouth springboard frog, frog splash into the knees of Cody from Spears power slam two Spears but another two count Jericho threat. Cody's mom because she slapped him in the face. Um, she did. I remember that. Yep. Spears takes out a table. Cody suicide dives into him. Uh, commentary points out the lax rules and Aubrey Edwards saying it's playoff time, I guess. Also, it's a tournament. They don't want to just throw away this into a DQ finish. This is the semifinals, uh, remember? Remember that? Yeah. Quote-unquote semifinals, the first round of the I tournament. Really... It's so weird, semifinals being the first round. I know this is a small tournament, but then I never associate first round with semifinals, but then that's just how it is. Yeah. They don't have a lot of people. Uh, Pineapple Pete holds on to Spears as Cody punches him. Throwaway superplex from Spears. Brandy admonishes Spears. Cody almost runs into her. 
Uh, Spears throws Cody into the table. Aubrey almost counts out Cody. Spears yells at Cody and eats two crossroads, but kicks out. What? Um, not once, but twice. Yeah. Uh, Cody gives Spears a figure four and locks it in. Spears is suffering so much to the fact that both his shoulders are on the mat, and Aubrey counts the three, and Cody advances to the semis. I try Cody, Cody wins. Yay. Yeah, this I you know I really liked the finish. Um, I know some people did like thought it was really weird, but I really like the fact that you can you can pin somebody using a figure four leg lock just due to the fact that. Um, I mean, we've seen that were... we've seen that tease before. You know, and it actually happened. I kind of like that. It's like yeah. it's 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 when you're like kind of subverting expectations of what to expect in certain moves. Like it's like that one time where Seth Rollins gave Dolph Ziggler a Falcon Arrow and he won with that. Well, like Falcon little things Arrow. like that. Yeah. Huh? The Falcon Arrow is the most devastating like move that. in all of wrestling. I mean, depends on how you use it. But uh, yeah, I thought this was a really good match. Jericho calls it meat and potatoes. I I would have to agree. Sounds I was good. like. I legitimately thought Cody was not going to beat that count. Uh, this was a really strong... Th- this is easily the best match between Sean Spears and Cody. Um, I legitimately thought he was... I bought a lot of spots that was into it, and I overall thought, yeah, great main event. Good, big ups to both of these guys. As a, dynamite, as, a, uh, as a dynamite as a whole, though, there were parts that felt really dragging. Yeah. Um, just due to the fact that there was a lot of videos. I didn't like that Brody Lee video package, I'll tell you that much. I mean, yeah. And I used to like those Dark Order video packages. They were really cool and kind of interesting. Now it's just, okay, Brody Lee's Vince. Cool. How much much do you attribute that to the fact that they are working with what they got? Like, these aren't... They're working with a skeleton crew. Yeah, but I mean, it just seems like the Dark Order just turned, like, made a hard left. Of what they were, and I'm like, oh, okay. But isn't that what most cults are? Like they See, get they get bought into it, and then all of a sudden they realize it's weird as shit. Like that's that's just that's the nature of every cult. They're like, man, we thought this was cool, and like you get like cool medallions and stuff. Exactly, that's what eight and nine. You get to hang out in a church in a church basement or wherever the fucking meetings are, and. I'm still intrigued to whatever they got going on with Brody Lee. Um, but as far as this dynamite, it was. It was something, man. There was some good matches. I thought Britt Baker um, easily had her best match of her entire AEW career in this very episode. Hikaru Shida is, continues to not fuck around. Um, Kenny Omega, Nakazawa, the, yeah. it was different. Not a lot of people, I know that's not exactly a lot of people's cup of tea, but I enjoyed it for what it was. And uh, yeah, Dynamite continues to be just a, a shining beacon of light in my Wednesdays. It's the greatest thing ever made, Corey. That's what I'm saying. You think so? You're you sure? You're just yeah. Compare or just comparatively, because now yeah. Ooh, we yeah. go on to NXT, and uh, boy oh boy, it was not as fun of a show as uh, Dynamite was. I'll tell you that much just off the get go. Let me tell you, um, I got one note. One note for NXT here. Uh, Morrow's opening line. Uh, he opens the show with. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. So that's a reference to all you, uh, all the people, all 34 million of you watching to Tiger King. Just to let you know that Mauro Ranallo is still indeed very cool. You know, Mauro. Did you watch Tiger King? No. Have you watched Tiger King? No. 
it's fantastic. I, I tried. I can't get into the first episode. Sorry. I just, I, you know what? You know what I started watching today? Well, no, no, no. Before you even say that, why couldn't you get into the first episode? I just, I, I, because uh, I, what? What's the story? Because I feel like that first, because the first five minutes, it's it gets like that's it gets even crazier. They're just trying to establish things. It get it's it's Some, freaking amazing. Okay, I just I don't know. I'll give it a chance, but wait. I'll wait. I was telling you to all in one go once you get into it. Anyways, you know what I started watching today? Well, what'd you watch? The Big Show Show. Gee, I wonder why you're not into Tiger King. It's huh. So uh, very, very evocative of what, what you know, of your priorities. Uh, it's it's a show. Yeah, real about, quick, real quick, Re- really the quick. The B show. Yeah, the 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 BB show, the big sh- or the B the B show show. Um, it's our after show. Um, the the big show show. It's uh, it, it's a cheesy, uh, sitcom. Uh, it's a fake show. It like come that in the main event, they just come off as like oh no, like, like it's like you ever seen a comedy movie where they put like it's it's just movies within movies. That's what these things feel like. No, the Big Show show is like if you ever seen a sitcom on CBS, you know. So uh, it's like kind of like kind of going for like da- like his daughter is like his like daughter from his first marriage is moving in with his new wife and his new kids. And because he's retired now, but he makes all these weird, like they make all these random references in the show, which is like kind of interesting. Like at one point he's talking to uh, his co-star Jaleel White, you know, formerly of Urkel fame. And uh, he goes, he goes, you know what you should do? You should do like uh, Undertaker and his wife do and do real estate. Or you should, and it was just like all these like little random things that was said. And it's just like, oh yeah, Mark, I remember Mark. Yeah. Or like, you know, um, some inside stuff. Yeah, or like he was like braiding his like daughter's hair. He's like, I, I used to braid McFoley's hair all the time, and it was it was fine. He loved it. And she was stop. His daughter's like, stop comparing me to McFoley. So it, it's it's it, it's senseless, Lars. If you're into that, if you're into bad sitcoms, then you will be into this because I am. NXT. Uh- uh, Mauro Ronaldo, like I was saying, Mauro Ronaldo, he needs uh, he needs somebody to bounce off of, man. Uh, I'll tell you that much. He's great, but he needs somebody to be like. He was yeah. at home. He was at. Is that where he was? Yep. Okay. Home studio. So yeah, good for him. Uh, we probably tasted kick- as hell. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Hold on, you just hear like quick. <laughs> no, my God. All you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> oh, anyway. God. Anyways, we kick off with the NXT Women's Championship number one contender ladder match uh, because the winner of this match is going to face the new NXT Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. Uh, this is Io Shirai versus Tegan Knox versus Chelsea Green versus Mia Yim versus Dakota Kai versus Candice LeRae. Going into this match, I kind of thought, you know, now that Charlotte Flair is the champion, I thought who better to face Charlotte Flair than uh, Tegan Knox? I thought that would have been a good pick for her. Uh, but nonetheless, we went into it. Uh, Candice, Yim, and Kai, tri- or Candice, Yim, and uh, I believe it was uh, Larray, all triple team. Uh, well, anyways, uh, Dakota Kai. Uh, Green introduces the chair into the match after Yim goes after Yim, but Yim is able to dodge a second shot, gets kicked in the leg. Uh, Chelsea Green does. Uh, Ray Cal Gonzalez gets into the match, and there, at a certain point, 
Right. You know how Raquel Gonzalez gets mentioned to everybody, everyone saying how, oh, she reminds me of Sonya Deville. Wait, do the commentators say that? No, but have you heard that like on Twitter or whatever? Mm, I mean, I can definitely see the similarities. And then they go into a spot into this ladder match where Raquel Gonzalez puts uh, Dakota Kai on her shoulders. Oh, are you, is her name really just Raquel or is you're just saying it like that? Raquel Gonzalez. It's, it's Raquel. Ra- I thought. Raquel, it's Raquel. Raquel. Okay, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Pronunciation. Tomato, hey, tomato. Uh, Ra- Raquel Gonzalez or Raquel. I mean, I've never met her, so I never got the proper enunciation. About time you should. Um, but no, she puts um, Dakota Kai on her shoulders and starts climbing the ladder, which really reminds me of the... Uh, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose spot from Money in the Bank, I believe it was last year. So if you're going to be compared to Sonya Deville, why do the Sonya Deville spot? I don't know. Just my opinion. Seems weird. Any thoughts, Michael? Uh, This was um, Yoshirai, your number one contender. (laughs) Yes. uh, Well, yeah, at the end of the match, uh, Candice and Io battling on the ladder. Io rakes the eyes and pie faces. Candice LeRae onto the ladder behind her. Because um, that's that was really my main takeaway with this match. And to my opinion, like, it's cool that Io Shirai is the number one contender for this match, for the NXT Women's Championship, but Charlotte Flair is the women's champion, and that spells, the numbers don't lie, and it spells disaster for Io. Honestly, it this I'm super looking forward to whenever that match happens. I just hope it's not anytime soon. Yeah, I want to see it happen in front of people. It's, it's a briefcase. It's pretty much their version of the Money in the Bank. Um, hell, I, have they established the fact that it's like the Money in the Bank, or it's just a number one contendership? No, it's just number one. There's, just, there's a contract in the briefcase. So it's you Money in the Bank. No, you can't cash it at any time. Money in the Bank's contract says you can cash it at any time. The contract for this the, one says at a at a future at a future time and place. You will get a title shot. Only be determined by your boss, and Triple hope, H. And I hope it's not anytime soon because that I would hold off on that match because whenever that would happen, I have no doubt in my mind they will burn the fucking house down. Yes, they will. I hope they don't burn it. I hope they don't burn it down. It's the only one they got. But no, they got a few apparently. Oh, that's true. <laughs> From various locations. Yeah, not the performance center. Uh, then we go to uh, pretty much an entire match from NXT UK, and this is where I really, God, I miss having fans at wrestling. Uh, Balor, you know, he cuts a promo on video, probably at his house in his bathroom, says he wants the NXT UK title, and, uh, you know, we'll, hopefully we'll get that match. Uh, like you said, though, hopefully not anytime soon. Uh, recap of uh, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild being kidnapped. Uh, so did you hear about the rumors about this about what's going to happen with the storyline? Uh, Dave Meltzer said something about Patty Hearst or some shit. <laughs> yes. Patty Hearst is the one kidnapping uh, Walking Wild and Raul Mendoza. No. That's, that's where that whole stuff came from, right? Here in San Francisco. I mean, I would just imagine because. Yeah, Hearst Patty. Did... I think I think she was. Uh, I think it was Berkeley where they she, she robbed a bank uh, for someone. Oh. Uh, but anyways. Um, 
So they're going to rob banks. There's going to be a bank robbing angle. So well, no, what it is is that uh, I believe Patty Hearst was kidnapped by some sort of like Lebanese army. Oh, the liber- yeah. it- and, and she and she sort of fell into that. Like she kind of just it was Stockholm syndrome, where basically like exactly. the idea is whenever um, uh, fuck Joaquin Wild and uh, hey homegrown the- hero uh, uh, San Francisco California. Yeah. And so when so the idea is Mendoza and Wild are going to be just goons of a of pretty much not dark order. Uh, well, you heard who's going to be leading this faction. Who is it going to be? Uh, El Hijo de Fantasmo. Wow. So, I mean, okay. you'll have a faction of him, Walking I mean, Wild, and Raul have, Mendoza. They're certainly lacking in Latino stars in NXT, considering the fact that Angel Garza just straight up said, later. He says, I'm going to take my pants off on the main roster. Good for him. Seriously. You know, um, let's see. Now that I was just looking at Patty Hearst stuff now. Pretty. Uh, anyways. All right. What? She was a model, right? Was she? I don't know. She's kind of but pretty. I will keep talking. Next up, we have the debuting Indus Sheer. Uh, this what? Indus Sheer. Oh. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The new tag team, yeah. the, the new remake of the AOP. Uh, versus Ever Rise, uh, my favorite tag team in NXT. Uh, will Ever Rise ever get a shot? Okay. No. Uh, they got to rise to the occasion first. There you go. Uh, it's a glorified squash match. Ever Rise does get some offense in, though. Match goes about four minutes too long. It should have been a pretty quick squash match, but uh, the end of the match, Indashir hit their pendulum backbreaker to one of the members of Ever Rise. I don't know. It was either Ever or Rise. Uh, they get the pin in the win. So, um, yeah. I mean, those tag well, titles. NXT, it's another tag NXT tag team where it's just a bunch of monsters killing jobbers. And they're like AOP, but they're not AOP. These they guys look are, good. I mean, yeah, so did AOP. Yeah. Uh, kinda hard to, it's kind of hard to get excited about. I don't like, um, was it Malcolm Bivens? I don't like him. Oh, dude, he's great. Like, he's great on Twitter. He's great on the mic in his indies. Uh, right, but if you're only watching him on NXT, you would see none of that. So I can. Was he in Evolve? I don't think so. If so, I, I, I only know him through Twitter. Okay, you know him personally? No. Oh. Damn it. Gonna go home. Uh, nonetheless, uh, let's move on. Adam Cole addressing the NXT universe and more particularly uh, the Velveteen Dream from his at-home backyard outdoor indoor area. <laughs> yep, that definitely uh, sure was that. Uh, they, they told him we needed a promo. He didn't even bother to put it on his undisputed. I wonder if he actually owns an undisputed era shirt because he was just like, "I'm gonna be in my regular shirt. I don't, I don't care. Fuck it." You could just go to any fucking room in the performance center you'll find at least one shirt that he could just grab and just snatch but he wasn't there he was at home oh well then that's what i'm saying i don't even think he owns one uh he says the velveteen dream uh he goes congratulations for being bobby fish one of the greatest competitors on this earth Um, but you still don't deserve a shot at the nxt title so hey they're still gonna do that I can't get ex- uh, I don't know. This program between Dream and Cole, it just, I mean, I don't know whether or not it's just because of the circumstances of today. I just can't get excited over a, an Adam Cole and Dream match. It's, yeah. Velveteen Dream as a performer, is, he's, he's got a bit of ring rust in him. And, like, 
I, it's kind of again, it's hard for me to get ex- actually get excited for a Velveteen Dream match, and when and when he's doing like angles with Roderick Strong, like that that entire like feud really made me cool off on Dream entirely. You're like you're just an asshole, kind of. I mean, look, he can be an a- it's it's fine if he's an asshole, but he's a baby face in this situation. Yeah. That's the that's the worst part. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, then we go to our main event of the evening, the uh, the was the final beat match, the Black Heart versus the Rebel Heart, <laughs> Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> uh, so this was uh, shot exactly like the um, the was it the Boneyard match? Uh, I mean, there's definitely you. There are definitely comparisons to the cinematic. This was. I want to say this is three. This is like. I feel like this is like the third cinematic wrestling match they filmed throughout this entire week. Yeah. Like it's, you know, well, you know, the thing about, you know what I would have loved if in the background, you would have just heard like a motorcycle go by. Been like, I mean, there was our go by. <gasps> was it the undertaker? No, it was killer cross and, no. uh, Carla Brando. Yeah. No. But I digress. Yeah. Uh, this match kicked off, uh, with, uh, Candice LeRae dropping her husband off at the, at the match. She said, you do good, honey tonight. Here's your lunch. And I hope you do well in your match. She hands him a bag, and we don't know what's in the bag, but uh, definitely not lunch. I'll tell you that. Oh, I mean, it could be edible. It's not lunch. Okay. Uh, trip. They go, go into the middle of this building. Triple H is in the ring with Drake Younger. Yeah, I'm here, and it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. It's going to end tonight, right, guys? What ends in this ring? And it ends in this ring. Okay. I'm gonna leave this chair right here. And Drake Younger, he's going to be here just to call. The fucking the referee, every time he had a two count, he would look to the side of the ring, go, two, two. It's, it's just fucking great. Uh, uh, dude, this match was fucking way too long. I don't know what to say. After this. Yeah, did, you, did you take extensive notes to every single moment in time? No. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, we could just, I mean, listen, you know, if you don't want to, we know, we already know what happens. Uh, well, Candace hold on. at the end of the match, yeah, yeah uh, Candice Array um, walks in. She's crying. She's very sad and distraught. She's, uh, she says to Ciampa, finish it. She says, I hate my husband now. I hate him. She says, That's weird. Okay. And then she turns around and she says, if you don't finish it, I will. And kicks her husband right in the growing region. Right, straight into the Garganos. And that's when, uh, you know, Chompa was like, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought bros before hoes. Like, I, I thought that's what we, uh, my bad, man. I didn't want to ruin your relationship. And uh, he said he was sorry. And that's when uh, Gargano says, no, I'm sorry. And that's when Candice LeRae low blows Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, Gargano reveals that there was a cup in his pants, uh, a protective um, thing for his growing area, and uh, yeah, hits the fairy tale ending on Champa and gets the pin and the win. So yeah, question, uh, question, yeah. Was if this was your end plan all along, what's the fucking point of ball, uh, like hitting Gargano in the balls in the first place? Like that's <laughs> like if she was gonna kick. Tommaso chopping the balls anyway. Like, why would she just fucking? It's, it's I don't know. Besides that, you know what I love this... too is that he could have went in there wearing the cup, and I would love if he would just pull that bag out and then just pull the sandwich out of that bag and just took a bite of it. I'm like, thanks, honey. Like, it's, it's a really good sandwich. Okay. 
like my overall thoughts of this match it's it it was really hard for me to just not just like look anywhere else anywhere but the screen yeah. like i it, it cannot it cannot retain my attention to me it just like yeah. it felt a lot, you know it felt a lot like the edge and orton match from wrestlemania day two yeah. it was just a, it's a walk walking and punching and bunch of uncomfortable guttural noises and sounds <laughs> um and it, but it was but all but it was just under the dressing of it was shot differently. It was more cinematic. It was more dramatic. It was they, like the whole they were wrestling on top of a truck. And, you know, in in theory, this was this should be really cool. But like I just thought the overall execution of it was just generally just it was just kind of a it was too much. Also, it didn't help that there were fucking commercial breaks throughout this entire. And we'll be right back. Yeah. And it, it, that that also didn't help, and so I don't know. Like, imagine if you were just imagine if you were just watching, like you're just flipping channels, and you just run into this, and it's just two dudes beating up each other with no commentary from Morrow. It's just no explanation whatsoever. I really wonder what the what like so how what would someone think about that? Like, what is going on? Um, Seriously. Uh, but no, after this, uh, Gargano gets in the car with his wife and drives off. And uh, it looks to be a, there's a car uh, it was uh, there watching watching what's going on. It looks like to be uh, debuting Killer Cross with his wife, Scarlett Bordeaux. And so this is also kind of interesting because you're debuting Killer Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux, who I imagine are heels, and you're going to face off against the heel Johnny Gargano and a newly turned heel Candice LeRae, are they just going to be fed to this team? And I just, I'm just thinking like, what, what are you guys doing with Johnny Gargano? Wait, did, uh, so did they drive off? I can't remember this. Did they drive off after Gargano or did they, were they just stayed there? They were, they, they were, they were pretty, it was actually pretty subtle. Like they, you could just, you can kind of just subtly see them, see them like pass by. Like it wasn't really outright revealed. Okay. Like you, like blink and you'll miss it honestly. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I honestly think they're going to go after Champa. Champa. Here's what I think was probably going to happen. It's cuz Champa's going to have to be involved some way somehow. Killer Cross is going to be the thing that brings Champa and Gargano together. They're going to both the I think like Killer Cross is going to like beat up it's going to be a triple threat program, but it's going to end up Champa and Gargano teaming up. Uh, against Killer Cross, and I think and you, that's what you beat Killer Cross in his debut pay per view match. I mean, that doesn't it's probably not going to be the debut. It's probably going to be like down the road. Yeah, well, his debut pay per view is what I'm saying. I don't know what they're going to do. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know anymore. I just want to play Nobody Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, probably. It's 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 up right now. It's been up for an hour. Oh. I, I could just we could just end the show right now and just play Final Fantasy Seven. Dun dun dun. That was NXT, and that, uh, well, that, well, as, as you say, we could end it now. We will end it now, Michael, because that was NXT. That was AEW Dynamite, Dark Side of the Ring, the news. That, that was the B Show. The B Show. Guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR4 and 5, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, stay tuned for more because, like I said, every single week, me and Michael Vergara talk about AEW Dynamite NXT and uh, whatever the hell else we want to talk about that week most of the time it's like Dark Side of the Ring now because that's it's on you know it'll change <laughs> alright guys uh, have a wonderful evening and we'll see you later bye later